0: G'day and welcome to the hunting connection podcast my name is Zach Williams and I am your host here we'll connect you with hunters fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe this podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces we hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way hope you enjoy the podcast And welcome to another episode of Hunting Connection Podcast. I'm here with Nathan. How you going mate? Yeah, not too bad. We're just um, on the way back from hunting hog deer on Snake Island. Um, it is currently what Wednesday morning quarter quarter to 8 a.m. Victorian time, so um, we'll put in a lot of a lot of kilometers the last couple days uh, on foot and in the car. Um, We left Saturday, left Adelaide Saturday midday and got into um, Gippsland about uh, probably, what was it, about 10.30, 11 o'clock. Rolled out the swags and then um, we got up early to go to the briefing in Port Welshpool for Snake Island which was pretty cool um,
1: how have you found the journey so far yeah a lot of K's both in the car and on foot like you said um, very exhausting but definitely were worth it so
0: give a little bit of um, background on yourself how did you get into hunting where are you
1: from yeah so I grew up in Adelaide little old Adelaide um, and yeah, a couple of family members, do a bit of hunting, a couple of uncles, but not a lot. Mainly shooting, spotlighting. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, recently, about two years ago, shot my first um, deer with a rifle. Just went out one morning with the missus. She actually spotted the deer. And, um, yeah, that sort of kicked her off. Does a red spiky, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. of a red spiky. Beautiful. Got in on... In on him out in the paddock and took one shot, dropped him on the spot, spined him. Um, and then, what caliber were you running for that? That was only a 22 250. Yep, beautiful. I was green, didn't even know what I was doing. So, it was actually a rifle I borrowed off of me. Nice,
0: nice. Um, so, did you start off on smaller game before that?
1: What, where did your passion for hunting actually come from? Not really, that's yeah. So, Always had a bow, always had slingshots and stuff growing up, but then, um, yeah, that was sort of the first real hunting experience, other than being with other people and just watching them hunt. Um, but yeah, then that happened. I already had the firearms license and just a small little 17 HMR, Yeah. but didn't really have much access. And then from that, went straight to just hardcore hunting deer as much as I could. Um, shot a few fallow with the rifle, but was getting in on them, um, like, within 50, 50 metres. And so, slowly progressed to the to the bow, and now I've kind of cut back on the rifles and just using the bow pretty much full time. That's
0: awesome, man. Um, so, Nate reached out um, on the podcast page um, when I was looking at building my um rickshaw for Snake Island and um he actually offered to build it so I dropped off a bunch of gear to him and um gracefully he put it all together and um we loaded it up sat- Saturday and yeah took off to Snake Island and um yeah we uh, camped out a spot around Foster and woke up to a bunch of fallow everywhere so it was nice just glassing them um, yeah there was probably about what 40ish deer yeah, around us at least 40 fallow around us some real beautiful skins some white, real white skins like beautiful plain white um, but yeah unfortunately there was a no hunting area but we already had to make tracks to get to the briefing so we um yeah rolled out at about 7.30 got into Port Welshpool about 8 o'clock and met one of the other hunters there that rolled his swag out in the back of his Ute. Shane who you would have heard on the um, the hog deer fever episode I rang him um, and yeah then all the other hunters started rolling through and yeah we just sat around chatting until um, the briefing started at 10 a.m. so sat down there um, the GMA guy game of uh, what it was game management authority victoria um trav tavi he um really really great guy um very very knowledgeable um very respectful of hunting and hunters so he went through the do's and don'ts of hunting snake island which was a lot to take in um but yeah, a lot of it's all common sense, which is pretty pretty good. You know, we had a really really good group of hunters for period two, which is a really good thing too. Uh, and yeah, we uh, caught a boat over with a couple other hunters, and yeah, rolled in. We got to Snake Island about one one thirty ish on Sunday, and that's when the fun started. We loaded. Loaded, we had to wait all our gear onto the beach, loaded up our rickshaws, and then, yeah, the real fun started. So, the cart of the rickshaw <laughs> buckled under the pressure of the weight. Like, I'd given it a couple of test runs down the street and on some dirt across the road in the paddock, and it went fine. But the pressure of the sand on the tires and the real um, marshy, like muddy sand as well it just buckled under the pressure so we decided and then one of the other carts and Anthony's cart that also buckled under the pressure so straight off the bat two out of the four rickshaw ladder stand carts buckled under pressure and broke so we changed our game plan we all camped together a couple hundred meters off the beach and yeah we just went over our game plan um, we hunted near a spot called the Bluff on Snake Island uh, sorry not hunted camp near the Bluff right near Drop Off and we hunted cow swan. so with the Hog Deer's Ballot you can get onto the island at Sunday night but you actually can't start hunting to 8 o'clock the next morning on the first morning and then it's your normal Victorian hunting times after that uh, so Nate and I we were hunting Cow Swamp which is on almost the other end of the island um, so we made a game plan and headed out there it was uh, a bit further than we thought it would be it's about 7 k as the crow flies but it turned out to be just over 10km which took, with light packs it took about 2 hours to do the um, tracks were
1: pretty bad hey Yeah, some parts you couldn't even find the tracks, like, that overgrown with trees down on them. Luckily, we had, um, Zach with his GPS, because a few times I jumped out in front and just took a wrong turn. And, yeah, it would have sent us off in a completely opposite direction. The tracks were just atrocious, really.
0: Yeah, so I had, um, Onyx hunt maps going on my phone, leaving a breadcrumb trail, as well as, um my garmin in reach as well so both of those things came in handy because the um, on maps gives you a great satellite map so we're able to mark out the trail where we were going and that was able that was also able to screenshot that and send it to the other hunters that night so that they could find their way to their spots in the morning because you know we marked the other guys one of the other guys Shane he was hunting um, Bullock swamp, so we are able to put a pin on the map where he was hunting, another one of the guys, Hassan, he was hunting uh, big holes, so we put another mark there, and then Anthony, the other guy that was in camp with us, he was hunting rifle range, and we put a mark there, so I think um, Bullock was about three and a half k's on trail in, and then yeah we were looking at big waterhole was five and a half kilometers and then rifle range was about six and a half but yeah we made a couple wrong turns and worked it out so it was good having those maps um, and then i had a printed map as well so we we're able to line up the trails and work out where we were going which was really really good so it took us two hours to get into um cow swamp so we left about four o'clock ish Got there oh, probably 4 30-ish and got there about 6 30 ish and got to the tree that we we're hunting, um acacia tree, I'm pretty sure that it's referred to as, or anyone hunting there in the future or the past. And sat there and yes, yeah, as soon as we got there, we were sharing cow swamp with um another hunter and his son, so Rob and Chris Stracker. Um they were already out there, they were camped a bit closer, they took their boat up um, up the gulf and got about three and a half k's from their camp there so that was that was really good for them um, but they're already in their tree setup so we've yeah, pushed our way through some scrub trying to cut through to where we were hunting so we didn't disturb them too much but we came out pretty much right on top of them um, the mixed with the tea tree the tussock just all the other plants it's it's thick as over there but we set up under our tree. Um, Rob came over, uh, sorry, Chris came over and gave us a rundown of what they were seeing. Um, he told us where where to go and we went and sat there and yeah, we were watching stags and spikes immediately.
1: Um, what do you think of that, name? Yeah, it was definitely a really good spot. Pretty productive, like a few of the um, stags, even having a bit of a fight really interesting to be able to just sit there and watch, no weapons in hand, just forcing us to just soak it all in. Oh, it was really cool. A lot of, a lot of deer there. Yeah, it was, we yeah got to observe a couple of smaller
0: spikes, you know, budding heads, and there was a couple of um, hinds with calves with them, and um, yeah, just a couple of stags. The, we ended up watching the two biggest ones, and I said to Nate... Um, you know, we come up. With, I come up with names for them. The one that I eventually shot, um, we nicknamed Donkey, and the other one would have been a bit smaller, maybe around 11, 11 inches, and he was nice and even. And called him Shrek, just Shrek and Donkey, because those two were feeding together. And yeah, I said if either, either of those stags walk out, um, opening day, I'm gonna take him. So yeah, we. Took a few photos, some videos, um, I'll slowly post all of them up as time goes on so you guys will get to see a lot of that and then we made the journey back, um, we left about 8.30, 8, 8.30 and got into camp about 10, 10.30, um, pretty hard, pretty hard slog in the dark but, you know, having those maps using Onyx and, um, in reach we were able to find our way pretty easy um it all looks very similar in the dark there so yeah we decided not because opening wasn't till eight o'clock monday morning we decided to have a little bit of a rest um huss and anthony they headed off about six thirty. um they had about an hour and a bit to get to where they were hunting um and yeah, so Nate and I got up a little bit early, a little bit later. Um, I had a coffee and we just sat around, slowly got our stuff ready. We decided we'll take our bigger packs with us and we we're going to sit to dark. Um What do you think? Do you reckon
1: taking the bigger packs was a mistake? Do you reckon we should've packed a bit lighter? I think we definitely overpacked because we used barely any of our gear and we definitely underestimated the trek. A fair few k's and with such a heavy pack it does take a toll on the body and it was a struggle yeah
0: a we probably took a bit bit too much water with us um yeah the we, you know we took gas cookers and that really we should have probably only taken one gas cooker between the two of us um <coughs> excuse me um and then, yeah, some water, a little bit of food and just smaller packs. But, you know, we weren't. We got to... Well, so, go back, yeah, three of us, Shane, Nathan and I, left camp about 8, the quarter past 8, and, um, yeah, started going in. And Shane stopped off at um, Bullock Swamp, and we, we kept going about... Oh, another half an hour into the trek we had a gunshot come from rifle range big hole um, and that was one of the other other boys Anthony uh, he was yeah getting into his spot and yeah, spotted a stag just cruising along off to the side of the track and he wandered off after it and shot a nice little um, oh not little, nice, nice stag he was probably about, about 12 inches, I think he straight taped it at 11, so it was probably about 12. Ended up being about a five and a half year old deer, which was nice to see. So we got to, we came up about, you know, 20 minutes after he shot it and got to see it, lay some hands on on the first hog deer, the first time we,
1: either of us had laid hands on it. what do you think of that? Yeah, definitely an awesome species, like completely different to any other deer species we've got here such a small animal but so unique and awesome antlers on them, like just to be able to get your hands on them was pretty cool and to see them up close and personal before even having them getting our shot off on one.
0: Yeah, um, and you know Anthony put a tape on it so we got to see how big it was and then you know we got a more of an understanding of the size of the ones that we were seeing the night before. So after stopping there for about 20 minutes, half an hour, made our way to Cow Swamp, ended up taking us about two and a half hours to get there, Um, so a bit longer than the night before, you know, a bit sore legs already. Um, I was silly and put wet socks on, because, you know, we had to wade through some water coming in. I had some um, socks drying, and i had the sweaty pair from the night before so i put them on and i started getting blisters um, on the back of my heels so kicked the boots off for a few hundred meters in the sand and just let my feet air out. and then when it started getting prickly i put them back on so nate was getting pretty frustrated with me stopping all the time sorting out my <laughs> my feet <laughs> um, but yeah ended up about 12 1230 we got into cow swamp and when had a quick wave to Chris and Rob up in their tree, you know, asked if they'd seen anything. They said one stag and we made our way to our our spot, and had a sleep under the tree, we got our got our um, jackets out and did that and just, yeah, laid on our packs and slept for a few hours. Um, you know, not much out there happens during the middle of the day, so gave us time to recover
1: a little bit, um, you know. I, Nate slept really well. Yeah, I definitely um, well needed um, catch up on sleep the night before getting in so late and being so uncomfortable with all the bug bites and scratches from all the tussock on the legs. Um, and then I set up my tent in a pretty shocking spot, massive lump under my back. I was waking up every half an hour a so pretty brutal sleep so the midday naps were yeah good to recover and yeah those sandflies and marsh flies they're like no matter how much
0: bug spray you put on those little bastards are horrible i got bites all over me from you know i probably killed a well probably 200 of them each time they landed on me it was yeah those things are crazy um but yeah, a few hours kicked by, you know, slept, I was sleeping one eye open, you know, just kept slowly sitting up, looking around. That's another thing I was having an issue with, chafing. My thighs were chafing really bad, so we first got there and Nate decided to have a little sleep and I'm like, sorry mate, but I'm, I'm sitting in my undies for a bit, I need to let everything air out because it was chafing bad, so <laughs> poor Nate had to sit under the tree with me while I was in my in my undies and shirt just waiting, waiting, drying out because there was you know only 26 that first day but it's being on that little island it's hot in that sun you know i, I wouldn't have been wanting to hunt it if it was 35 you know it would be brutal um but yeah the hours tick by and you know got to about 5 30 and i was getting really keen you know speaking to previous hunters that have hunted the area um like dano hunts um from high country hunting gear he was hunting there two weeks before and said you know the deer start moving through 6:37, um and yeah 6:30 30 rolled past and as soon as i was sitting there i've gone nate a deer it's a stag um one of the rules when you're hunting Snake Island there, if you take someone with you, they're actually not allowed to do anything that's interpreted as hunting I being with you. So they're not allowed to carry binos. They're not allowed to point out deer and all of that. So, you know, Nate was just there for um, emotional support and help with the, the carry out. Um, so, yeah, he was he was asleep. So I woke him up and I'm like, Nate, deer, stag. And i have quickly rolled over grabbed my rifle and yeah before he could comprehend what was happening i was already on the move getting out there and yeah um found out pretty quick it was donkey so that was that was pretty happy i've uh turned to the other hunters at the other end of the field gave them thumbs up thumbs down asked them if they were if they wanted to shoot it because they were out there first they said no um, Nate was pretty quick on the phone when he realised what was happening and jumped on and started filming and yeah, about 80 metre shot, bowled him with the 270, dropped on the spot um, You yeah, no, I picked him up, tag, tagged him straight away, put him under the tree and um, you're only allowed to gut the deer on the island, you have to bring out the whole thing whole, which was where all the hard stuff started.
1: Yes. So, as Zach alluded to earlier, I couldn't actually do anything to assist the hunter in the actual hunt. Um, So, I was kind of situated on the tree, almost facing away from where we had previously seen the deer come out. Just so that no one could pick up on it and say that I was assisting in the hunt. Um, And so, yeah, I was half asleep. And he says, deer stag, (coughs) before I could even say anything, is already off through the tussock, sneaking in. Um, so yeah, I quickly picked up his phone to get a video of it and yeah, the rest is history So yeah, started, um, gutted
0: it started Got him out pretty quick um, We took in a camping pole and my shooting stick um, We pr- took in the camping pole to tape the deer to to help with the um, The carry out turns out that was a bit too short So we only made it about like once taping the. legs to that pole we probably made it only maybe a k and a half with it like that and it just was not working Um, and from then we knew it was going to be a long long journey Um, we kept an eye out for a straight straight stick but on the island there's nothing really that's long and straight and um, you know going to hold a 30 kilo deer on it while you carry it so we grabbed the shooting stick and the pole we taped those things together and we made a longer pole so we could put it on our shoulders and yeah that's that's where the fun started you know the that's where the hard work began um, we sh- yeah shot the deer at 630 and started carrying it out at about seven 710 and we did not get back into camp till 2 Um, a.m it was just a long long painful process it was a lot of stop start stop start stop start Um, sweating you know i was dealing with chafing and blisters earlier that day i had um, band-aid and taped up my blisters to help we dried all our socks off in the tree and boots out in the sun Which helped a fair bit too, but the amount we were sweating was just insane. Um But yeah, so you know, we were about an hour in and heard another gunshot go off. Um and that was the boys that were hunting cow swamp. They'd shot a shot a deer and it ran off into the bushes. Later on found out they unfortunately lost the deer, which was very unfortunate. Um and then yeah coming along the track about two hours in we're coming up to rifle range and you know the signal with Optus and Telstra is very very patchy so you know you'd walk over a little dune and you'd get like one bar of 4g and then a dropout so got a message from Huss Hassan and he'd shot a really really nice stag but he was by himself because Anthony and Shane uh, both already left the island. Shane about midday. He shot a very very nice 15-inch deer um, at Bullock Swamp. So Anthony and him caught off a got the boat off together, and um, yeah, they were, they were off the island. So we run into Huss, What would have been 9:30, 10 o'clock? You yeah, reckon? around that. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that was our halfway point where we ran into Huss. He he'd already packed up, he would already set up camp halfway along that track and was just getting the deer to camp. And then where we were contemplating whether we, you know, leave the deer with him and go back get a couple of hours shut eye and then go back. But we decided that was just going to be way too painful
1: and too much of an inconvenience. So... Yeah, and the pole that we fashioned up to hog tire the tire, hog deer too um, was actually beginning to come apart. We could hear it creaking and it was stretching and starting to sag. Luckily, though, Huss um, came to our aid with a bunch of zip tires and tape. And yeah, we'd we used, used the last bit of our tape getting it on, yep. paracord, um,
0: Huss's electrical tape. You know, one of the hocks had slipped off. Where we hog-tied it on, and um, it was making things very, very difficult. And as well, the shooting stick was starting to snap, which was also making things difficult. But yeah, we, from about Hus, where we met Hus at um, rifle range, in between rifle range and um, Big Hole, we started um, like frog hopping all of our gear, so we would. Walk the deer up a couple hundred meters, put the deer down, go back, get our packs, walk past a couple hundred meters past the deer, put our packs down, go back, grab the deer and so forth. Um, Before that, it felt like we were going really slow and not making much track, but when we started doing that, it felt like we started picking up the pace
1: and making some distance. Yeah, Yeah, it was definitely sort of a motivational thing, I think, because carrying heavy packs and the deer was getting us real fatigued, slowing us down. Brakes were becoming more frequent and we just weren't covering ground, which was letting us set in that it was gonna be a massive night. Yeah. Then being able to do that leapfrog, it kind of kicked up our spirits and we started actually covering distance. Even though we're going back and forth, we were sort of getting somewhere with it or we definitely moving faster. So yeah, that uh, that
0: 10k hike back to camp turned into about an 18km hike back to camp on just the way back itself, which was pretty intense. Um, You know, after a while we're just like, nah, this is taking too long, where even though it's giving us a break in between walking back, grabbing the deer and grabbing the packs, We just weren't covering the ground that we should have been doing. So we, um, yeah, got to. um, I can't remember the point, but I'm like Nate. I need a power nap. I set my alarm for eight minutes and just dozed off for eight minutes until my alarm went off. Um, You know, I was that tired. I was already dreaming by the time my eyes (laughs) eyes were shut. But the alarm went off and it gave me that little bit of extra energy. also, Nate had a big bag of lollies in his pack that his wife chucked in there. So we thank, thank Amy for that. That was a lifesaver as well. You know, they're already eating the lollies out of my um, trail mix already. So I had low in sugar
1: and all of that. So that helped us out as well. Yeah, it was definitely a good sugar kick and that little nap helped Zach. And then um, we decided to bite the bullet and just slog it out pick up the deer pick up the packs and just walk and then cover the ground it was brutal struggle city for sure but we just had to get out of there so that we could get into camp and only have to deal with getting it from camp to the boat the next morning yeah so a couple times there I was like look I
0: need a break and Nate was in just beast mode he's picked up the deer himself and he's packed it on with his pack you know, two, three hundred meters by himself and he did that multiple times when I was having a breather so it was a champion effort and like, your motivation kept me going, mate um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you that's for sure um, yeah, exactly. It, it was a intense, intense night, so yeah you know, kept looking at the map, making sure we were on track we are going, you know, it was like 7k's to go, 6k's to go, 5k's to go, you know, so on and so forth, so there was a couple points that, you know, 2k's away from camp, we're like, let's just put the deer down here and we'll come back and get it first thing in the morning, but, you know, both of us talking it over it, while we're catching our breath, we're like, nah, look, it's going to be worse off for us in the morning if we do that, um, so yeah, kept on, you know, got back to it. A kilometre away from camp, let's just leave the deer here, Nah, no, nah. No, it's going to be worse off. So, ended up getting it out, out of the trail to the um, pink bit of our camp where we were tucked away in the bushes and we put it there for the night. Got into camp at, yeah, quarter to two in the morning and both of us just crashed hard. I quickly made up a, I had some Gatorade power, I quickly made up myself a Gatorade just to get some of those electrolytes back in after sweating so much. And set the alarm for, what was it, 5.30, 6 o'clock? Yep. Um, I had about three alarms, which is, you know, I'm tired if I'm having three alarms. Um, So yeah, they they went off and got up and we, uh, the boat, the other boys come back and got us on the boat um, at 8.30 so we had to quickly down down camp, get everything to the beach to get picked up, got the deer down to the beach, got the broken rickshaw down to the beach which was another another um, struggle but yeah about 5 o'clock 5.30 I got a message from Huss um, saying hey boys, I'm you know, a kilometre back from camp When I get to camp, can you give me a hand to get my stuff down to the beach as well? So, you know, well, awesome. We'll be able to get off together, and Huss rocks up, and he's just got his pack and his camp stuff. Um, So he dropped that off. We got all of our gear and his gear down to the beach, and he went back 5Ks to go get his deer. So we were off the island. We went and checked in at the GMA checking station, got some ice to cool down the deer and met up with Tavi, um, the GMA officer and he uh, did all the necessary paperwork, took all the measurements of the deer, took a DNA sample, um, took the jawbone out of the deer, aged the deer, so I took a little wonky donkey, Um, he was 13 inches on the high side and about 10 and a half on the low side. And he was aged approximately to be five and a half years old. So I'm I'm very happy with that age class of deer. Um, the Snake Island deer are about 20 kilos lighter than they are um, on the mainland, so it was pretty pretty interesting. If you just open the glove box, I've got the paperwork in there. And it will give us the. So yeah, it was read his writing it tells you he takes the stuff he takes down is um, your tag number the date taken time taken location it takes the body length measurement which was a meter ten it takes a uh, the girth measurement 75 centimeters shoulder height 70 centimeters uh, body weight which was 28.4 kilos gutted um, dressed yes, um, length of antlers so 33.5 centimeters and 27 centimeters. Antler spread was 21.5. Coronet on the left hand side was 13 centimeters right hand side 13 centimeters. Um, hard antler or velvet. one was hard antler, um, land type. so that, that's cool to see them take all that done. Um, they take down the the age like I said they take a tissue sample and the um, jaw bone which is pretty cool as well um, Yeah, you've got the, the tags and all of that so got all, all of that stuff done um, and had a quick chat to Tavi and he was excellent he was um, very knowledgeable about the deer about the location um, and just yeah very very nice guy so after that we um rang we caught up with the other guys because they had already had their deer deer done um they went off and got salt and ice um shane was chatting to a local farmer hunter who offered his shed for us to go back to to butcher and cape out and head skin the deer so um pretty sure his name was Ryan Ryan? yeah yeah so we caught up with Ryan Shane and Anthony so we broke down the three deer um, which was cool Um, Ryan had done some guiding across Australia and New Zealand so he was very very confident in head skinning turning the lips turning the ears doing the eyes all of that beautiful stuff so we learn a bit from him got you know good backstory hunting stories um, you know local land knowledge from him which was incredible He was just a all-round top bloke very generous very knowledgeable um, and we were very thankful for him office, offering a facility for us to yeah, do all of that so um, you know we referred to Shano as um, Camdad know he he had everything from chocolate cake to jerky to yeah it was it was it was great to have in camp which was great you know we all helped each other we all fed off of each other's knowledge you know um, Shane hog deer was his last species of deer to take in Australia which is incredible um, it was my fourth deer species to take so which was just yeah, great Um, and yeah, got all that done and then hit the road back to Adelaide so right now, you know, we're about 300 k's away from Adelaide recording in the car so if there's any um, you hear any of the road noise makes it hard to hear, I do apologise for that I just thought I'd like to get the podcast recorded on this while the knowledge was all there What have you learnt about Hog Deer, Snake Island? Um, Are you going to apply for the future
1: because you haven't applied for the ballot before? Yeah, um, I've learnt so much. This trip has been, like, invaluable. Like, having never even thought of Hog Deer, never even knew of them as a species in Australia to hunt, um, and now to picking up so much knowledge over the trip, it's been awesome. and learning about Snake Island, the sort of terrain that you're up against, I I was um, anticipating it to be extremely difficult, preparing for the worst, and it exceeded that. It was brutal. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to be hard, but it was probably five times harder than I anticipated. In saying that, I'll, I'm definitely more prepared for when I do draw it. If I ever do, hopefully, fingers crossed I will. Um, and I'll have that knowledge in the back on um, how to attack it. So it's been, yeah, just a great trip. Really hard, but definitely learned so much and just absorbed it all like a sponge. Was there anything that you didn't take that you think you needed? Gear-wise, I think we were pretty right. I think we could have been more strategic. Like a lot of my weight was sort of wasted. I didn't need certain things. Um, I didn't really use too much, and I could have got away with a lot lighter of a pack, which would have taken a lot less of a toll on the body. Yeah, definitely. There was a
0: lot of unnecessary stuff. You know, you're packing for the worst. Um, also, we we were packing to be there till Friday as well. You know, worst comes to worst, we'd be on the island till midday Friday, which is when you had to stop hunting so yeah anticipating for that it was a lot of stuff we didn't use i'd definitely pack a lot lot less gear you know i you know had a couple of like i had a big solar panel i didn't end up using the rickshaw ladder stand we didn't end up using because it was just going to be after checking out the spot sunday night and speaking to dano it was just going to be too long of a haul to get it and i'm Bloody glad we didn't drag that thing out there. Yeah, 100%. Um, it would have made everything 10 times as harder. But in saying that, if you were to get to that end of the island, so Cow Swamp End, the tracks were a lot better than um, the side of the island we started on. So if you had a solid, solid rickshaw um, with enough ground clearance. You would be fine on that that side to get one into where you wanted to go. Um, building a rickshaw, what would you change? So we had a catastrophic failure straight straight up, which yep. we were just laughing and laughing and laughing about. I thought it was hilarious. Nate wasn't too happy at me laughing. I don't reckon.
1: Yeah, no, nah, definitely, definitely was not what I was hoping for. But I do know. I was definitely on the um, side considering weight savings as much as possible and less on durability. And I knew I'd have to sacrifice that durability for to keep the weight so low. But in future, I would definitely um, change that up, go with a heavier setup, even though it's gonna be a slog to get it in, it's gonna like last a distance. Yeah. And I've already thought of a different design that will um, Combat that getting ready for when you
0: draw, Um, but yeah, look. If you get onto a side of the island where you can use the rickshaw effectively, you can pack in and pack out so much more effectively. I can see why they recommend them, but unfortunately, Parks Victoria don't maintain any of the um, tracks on the island, which is very disappointing, you know, to have such a coveted ballot where people want to draw Snake Island. I believe Snake Island's been running in the ballot since 2017 and this is the last trial year for it, which is a shame. So they are still undecided if it's going to go ahead for 2024 or not. So I really want it to go ahead um, because it's a massive opportunity for hunters to get onto the, the island and chase hog deer um but yeah that's that's about all i can think of was there anything else
1: you'd like to cover man um just being able to go on this experience definitely i very thankful and appreciative to zach and a lot of the other blokes like all the blokes i've met top blokes like awesome guys legends like just um giving out so much knowledge being so generous with their time and um just showing the side of um, the hunting community that i haven't yet seen um it's been really good and gives me hope in like the future um just the connections that we've made and it's just been a really good trip really eye-opening on how good the pump uh, the hunting community can be
0: yeah we um
1: we very, very
0: blessed with a great group of eight hunters. So, um, yeah, any of those guys I'd be happy to share a camp with in future. Um, you know, the knowledge of all of these guys. You know, you had Shane from um, Tasmania. His knowledge base is just incredible. His desire and the way he chooses to stick to a plan and just stick to what he what he wanted to do which worked out beautifully for him tagging a beautiful stag out on the first morning um, I'll, I'm not sure if we'll be in this bit or a part two of it I'll uh, ring a couple of the hunters who were successful and um, see get their um, thoughts about it all so that would be good um, but you know Shane's what 62 so he had the years of hunting experience and knowledge he's taken all six of the Australian deer species now so um, between him, Huss Anthony, myself, um, Riley and Justin we had a couple of hundred years of hunting experience between us Um, once you add all those years up together and probably almost the Australian slam as well between all of us Um, not just the deer slam Shane's got that on his own but just the Australian Australian lot so there was a lot to learn from the other hunters Um, the you know can't thank the Blonde Bay Hog Deer Advisory Group Um, more than enough I can't thank GMA and like Parks Victoria you know all everyone behind the scenes of this Hog Deer ballot you know uh, it was you know apart from the track maintenance everything else is really really good you know um, tar- I, ca- I can't can't go on about how good Tarvy was um, and just knowledgeable he's um, a respectful hunter just pointing out you know ethic sides of stuff you know stuff like don't drive around with a deer on your roof or the back of your ute in sign like sign of everyone you know um, Snake Island also gets a few public traffic you know from tour groups to school groups to the working cattle cattle um, group on there as well so you know just being respectful leaving no trace that you were there type thing as well you know because all of this stuff impacts the hunting communities as a whole you know you get a few bag eggs and then you know if parks victoria and this Cattlemen's group decide we don't want any more hunting on snake island or the public you know it's gone for good and that would be just devastating to lose um, you know, it's yeah been an incredible experience you know being able to reflect on it on the drive back it's become more real um before that you know just with how you know because you'll need to get the deer off the island to check it in whole so we didn't want any meat spoilage you know didn't want any cape slipping so yeah hopefully it's all all good the capes all salted and fleshed and everything so that will make a great mount at one stage
1: Um, but yeah anything else real quick um, massive shout out to Shane for donating some of his meat to me Um, he's got the big trek back to Tasmania and um, was kind enough to offer me um, the front quarter. The front quarters. So that's that's good. Massive. Um, Thank you for that. You've definitely earned, earned
0: yourself you know there's not a lot of meat on the hog deer but you've definitely earned yourself a couple of the prime cuts as well from me so yeah, thanks you know, without your hard work it wouldn't have been possible from the stand to just your endurance and your mental toughness helping push me through you know. David Goggins campaigns, all of those boys were quoted quite a bit on our on our hike out, you know. I managed to get one podcast to play and on, on the way through, so that killed an hour and a bit, and that was Remy Warren's Warren's podcast. So listening to him talking about, you know, tough packouts that, that helped us push through as well. So it's great having that mixture of technology out with you as well. So but yeah, thank you all for listening. I hope the road noise wasn't too bad. You could hear us both well. This is the first time using this setup, which was kindly donated by a listener to help do these type of podcasts in the future. So I'm off to New Zealand in a few weeks. So hopefully you'll be able to bring you some hunting camp podcasts from the future and fly it over there type of thing. Um, I was hoping to do, you know podcasts leading up in the car but we were pretty tired and just wanting to get there and then once on the island we didn't have time like once we are back in camp we just slept and then packing up so you know that first day there was five da- five stag shot and one hind on the opening day out of eight hunters you know there's still two hunters on the island as we speak Justin Riley um, Justin on one end of the island seeing some great animals and he's just waiting through to um see if he can get a old old age class of deer which is incredible to see um just you know he's seen some good deer so far so just letting him letting younger stags pass through and not wanting to shoot them shows some great um ethics on his side of things, and yeah, it sounds like Riley's had to, had a tough time running out of food, water, um, so I think Hassan's dropped some stuff off to him to help him get through and hopefully he gets a beautiful stag as well at some point. So wishing everyone in future um, periods in the 23 season, whether it be Blonde Bay, um, Bullpool, Sunday Island, Snake Island wishing you all luck um, don't pack too much go over all of your stuff again and see if you can cut weight and make sure those rick stands are tough um, you know I gave mine a couple of small torture tests and it it survived them but then failed on the island so if you can yeah get into some sand and try them out first some sand or some mud um, I'd go do that and just absolutely torture them before you get over there because um yeah it was it didn't stop us from hunting and we probably wouldn't have been able to get into where we wanted anyway with the stand but you know it killed some time having to cart everything to camp by hand so but good luck everyone thank you for listening um and yeah, I'll see if I end up adding a couple of phone calls with the other guys or if I make that a separate podcast. But yeah, hope you all enjoyed and yeah, we're a couple hours from home, which is good. So, easy. Nate, thank you very much
1: again, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Zach. and Inviting me on this trip It was really good and I really appreciate it. All good, mate. I hope you took a lot of knowledge away from it and it's going to help you
0: bag a deer with a bow during the April rut in 2023 yeah 100% thanks Doc. all good mate